Hello and welcome to the Stable Reports podcast. Stable Report is a new site dedicated to curating the best resources related to stablecoin projects. We celebrate the development of stablecoins and see them as a stepping stone to mainstream adoption of cryptocurrencies for daily use and transactions. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Daniel Nitzel, CEO and founder of NOS Cash, a company based in Malta which issues the NOLAR, a fiat-backed, fee-less stablecoin with minimal energy requirements through a technology called Block Lattice. Daniel, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for being here. Pleasure to meet you too. Our first question in Stable Report is always, what got you into crypto and what inspired you to create a stablecoin? Well, honestly, what got me into crypto is my uh, roommate in 2012 used to buy products in the in the dark net. Um, so basically, um, back at that time, for him, that was, that was the best option. And um, also, he invested a little bit, so I bought some Bitcoin back then. And unfortunately, I, I kept it at the largest exchange, Empty Gox, and then then lost it altogether when it went insolvent. And what got me into the stablecoin market was in 2017, Bitcoin transactions were at $50. It took one to two days. Tether didn't seem to um, do an audit. And I believed that when you solve the issues of um, very, very expensive transactions, very slow transactions and volatility, then um, you may have a case for mass adoption of crypto. That's a great, that's a great story. Um, so what's the thought process that led your team to choose a fiat-backed model? Well, there's, there's three, three models, as you also show on your website. And I think all three models are something totally different and don't really compete with each other. And to me, right now, the fiat-backed model seems to be the most scalable and has um, is targeting the largest market. So, for example, if you have a if a crypto backed um, stable coin, that's more appealing to the crypto purist, those that um, want to focus on full decentralization and then that don't want to redeem, then that never wish to um, move into fiat or out of fiat. They just want to stay uh, in Ethereum or uh, anything um, crypto related. So. The, the major um, advantage of a fiat stablecoin is that you can actually redeem it. So you can use it as a um, transfer of value. So the way our stablecoin functions, it's sort of a US dollar voucher, which becomes fully redeemable once you perform a KYC check. And while on the decentralized network, you can just move it around for free, um, handle payments, and um, send it from China to the US within two seconds and back to Africa or any of these countries. And then if someone, if a relative of yours or yourself wants to cash out, actually, they can. And the, the brand we are selling is a US dollar voucher, whereas other um, stable coins like DAI, for example, they, they sell an Ethereum voucher, so which is redeemable in case the government governance on the platform doesn't work. So in essence, I believe the U.S. dollar is the largest um, fiat brand or the largest uh, uh, currency brand there is. So um, we believe um, let's start with that and um, still we can still do, do other stuff later 
its other assets um, are interesting to to collateralize. Sounds like a plan. Um, will your banker, banking partners be public, and um, and how reliable do you think they are? So we have the same banking partners than True USD, Stronghold, Stably. So we all work together in, in the same setup. So how it functions, um, the money is held by a licensed custodian in the U.S., which works together with around 200 banks, and they distribute the money around these banks. And um, the major advantage is the money isn't held by us. It's not our money. It's the money of the stablecoin holder kept in custody by someone with a license um, to do that in a professional manner. So... Even if we wanted, we couldn't access the funds. Also, the trust company couldn't access the funds um, because they, they have a legal, legal framework which forbids them um, to, to touch any customer funds. So and that, that's, that's a major difference from Tether, um, who keep the money in their name um, or kept the money in their name in bank accounts. How often will you uh, conduct audits? think in a reasonable time frame so in Malta we work together with PwC and what they will do is an attestation of the fiat part and then any any user can just check the block explorer or set up a node for themselves and see if the balance is uh, equal to the fiat attestation and I think um, we will do an audit whenever it is reasonable whenever there are big swings or whenever there is a a time frame, a longer time frame within we didn't do an audit. And what's important is these things are our attestations, attestations of fiat. Um, so it's not a complete company audit, um, which is um, which is not to be confused. The dollar is being advertised as a green stablecoin. Um, could you explain to us what is block lattice and also do you think that this technology could limit your market reach? Well, I think on the contrary. I think this technology enlarges the market potentials by, by a huge amount of, 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 um, of people. Because right now, all stablecoin competitors, um, let's say 95% of them, focus on ERC-20. So they all issue an Ethereum token and they all are limited in their use cases by the transaction fees and the transaction time on Ethereum. And what we do is we forked a technology called Rayblox Nano. And this is the fastest cryptocurrency on the market and the only one that functions in a decentralized manner um, while still maintaining a fee-less and um, instant transaction network. And we are basically, you can set up a wallet within a few seconds and you can start receiving NOLA um, for free. Um, you can send it to your friend for free. And it's the same as giving your friend cash. So if you want to give someone cash, you don't want to pay a network fee to do that. And it should also be instant. You don't want to work, uh, wait 15 minutes um, before your hand um, gives the, the money um, the, the bill um, to, to, to your friend's hand in a restaurant. So I think in, in the end, it, it may be um, some so an approach that the others don't really do right now. I don't really understand why, or let's say I understand why why the others are doing it on Ethereum is 
it's um, easier to integrate. Everyone knows the network and they can fight um, for the network effects of the Ethereum network. For example, all the, um, uh, all the dApps will be compatible. But the major issue is um, there isn't any traction in decentralized applications and probably Ethereum, even if um, updates like Casper are implemented, will not be scalable enough in order to serve any any value to the user. And um, what was really important to me is if, if I'm doing a product, it should be a positive product, a product that actually creates value, long-term value for people. And that leads me to your other point. It's a green currency and it's the only green stable coin um, because it uses 8 million times less energy um, per transaction in comparison to Bitcoin and 2 million times less um, than Ethereum. So it's also important to do something that isn't wasteful of our um, world's resources. And um, energy is, is a limited resource. And um, for example, that's a very, very important point. Um, if, you, if you send a transaction on the Ethereum network, the other stable coins, they don't make money off it. Um, who makes money off it is the miner, the hardware producer of the mining equipment and um, the power plant. So how do you expect to generate uh, revenue since the Nolar is a fee-less stablecoin? Yeah, that's, that's the important point. So um, if you use, for example, TrueUSD or Gemini or Paxos, these people, they don't make money on the transaction fees. Um, the Ethereum network, that's what charges transaction fees for a single transaction. So um, they have the same business model that we do, which is earning interest rates on the deposited dollars and having a small cash out fee in order to incentivize people to stay in the network and use Nola. Can you tell us why are you based in Malta? We see this as a growing trend among many companies in cryptocurrency space. Well, it's... Um, Historically, the German and Liechtenstein lawyers and regulators told me that a stablecoin would be regulated as e-money. So I went to search an e-money institute, uh, which would do the issuing for the stablecoin. Went to Malta, and um, in Malta, we went to the regulator, and the regulator didn't confirm the views of, of the German regulators. So they, they thought... A stablecoin isn't e-money, it doesn't require a license, it's a virtual financial asset, it's something new that they are going to um, uh, regulate going forward. And I was um, drawn in by the very um, uh, friendly approach towards the, the blockchain ecosystem in Malta. So the difference is if you, um, if you would have done a stablecoin in Germany, the BaFi and the German regulators, they maybe would have um, sent you a letter to, to stop what you're doing before talking with you. And um, even if we, in theory, don't comply with anything in Malta, right now there's a grandfathering period. So what happens is that um, you would have some time um, to work on your compliance with what the regulator wants from you. So it's it's a bit more friendly towards this this market and it wants to foster innovation and doesn't want to fight it. I understand that fiat-backed stablecoins like the Nolar are the rational um, approach and it's a faster uh, go-to-market uh, than alternative models. But what is your answer to people that criticize fiat-backed stablecoins 
since it keeps us dependent on central bank issued fiat? I mean, um, what we do is a US dollar voucher. So we are a decentralized layer on top of the centralized US dollar. And in my view, um, this isn't something that is appealing for any crypto purist. Um, this will not create um, full autonomy um, from governments. And this isn't the, the full decentralization that um, many, um, many other projects are targeting. This is a bridge. This is something in between, which is still appealing to the mass market, which I can, for example, if I go to Africa or if I go to um, Venezuela, South America or Turkey, and if I'm telling the people, hey, guys, um, you can own U.S. dollar um, or a U.S. dollar voucher um, on a decentralized network. I can't control your wallet. You hold the U.S. dollar wallet um, yourself. I'm not a bank. I'm not a custodian. I'm not an e-money institute. Um, it's in your wallet. Everyone holds their own own dollar vouchers themselves. Um, this, in my view, this is this provides. And, and then I'm telling them, but if you ever want to cash it out, um, send it to your cousin in 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 the U.S. or send it to your cousin in Germany, and then they can perform a cash out through the banking system. In my view, this this has a far stronger appeal to the mass market, to the to the normal um, normal average user. And I think um, having crypto as a pack, um, it, it, will, it will take a lot of time until this becomes very appealing to the mass user. And what is also very difficult from an economical perspective is that any of um, the crypto-backed stablecoins have to have, a, have an excess um, lending approach. So in essence, you have to lend more Ethereum than what you're getting back in, uh, in a, a US dollar um, adjusted uh, uh, die. So it's really hard to scale this. Um, well, if you do fiat, you can just do it one by one. And I, I haven't seen any crypto backed stable coin that is scalable. So it will be really interesting to see now what, what DAI will do with um, uh, using any ERC20 assets as a, as a lending um, uh, method. but. Um, in my view, um, it's maybe something we would do in a few years, but right now um, the time uh, hasn't come yet um, to make it to make it a, a feasible product. Daniel, do you foresee a future without central bank issued fiat, or will they just will they just evolve into being central bank issued stablecoins? Well, it's it's essentially a layer on top of the central bank, and I. There may be there may be a future, um, but what what many people don't really see is and what I don't like about uh, many of the the crypto backed stablecoin is that the founder teams they are um, publicly known, so even if they have a different regulation um, or they will probably be regulated differently, they still have to comply with with certain laws or they will still be. A lot of questioning if there's any active money laundering in their network. So, if they were be fully anonymous, then it would probably be harder to stop them. But I'm not sure what they will do if if they will be arrested. And then probably the the stablecoin could still function and probably wouldn't be able to grow, or others would have to to take over. So it's that sort of cat and mouse um, 
game. And if I'm looking at the um, darknet marketplaces, um, let's say at least all the larger ones um, where I discovered um, uh, Bitcoin at first um, are not around anymore. So it's it's really, really hard to do something that is that um, uh, strictly anti-government. Um, although um, although I, I, I like those um, crypto-backed stablecoins, they just they just serve a very, very, very different um, purpose. And if you, for example, look at the market cap um, of TrueUSD today and, and DAI and TrueUSD started two years after DAI, they already have around two and a half um, times more circulation. And that's, that's simply, there's two reasons. Um, the, the scalability, because they, like, the Ethereum lending is, is needed and, and also the, the appeal. The US dollar is, is by far um, the largest um, uh, currency brand. And I guess that's something, there will be something very challenging for, for other models. Um, what I really don't believe in are the unbacked um, synthetic um, algorithmic um, uh, uh, stable coin. So I believe um, if it's simply an API that keeps you um, stable and you don't have any hack at all, you, you, you sort of become a Ponzi scheme. So all these um, like bases, for example, all these stable coins, they only function if they grow and grow and grow um, in, in, in circulation. And once there's, um, it's, it's sort of like Bernie Madoff had a, had a very successful run in his business when his fund was growing, but then the, the economic crisis happened and suddenly uh, a billionaire wanted to receive, a, a redeem a billion um, fr from his fund and then everything collapsed. And um, I think uh, Basis and other algorithmic uh, stable coins, they will probably um, face a very similar issue if, if it's not fully collateralized. So... Um, for now, at least, I think the, the fiat-backed model is, is the most interesting um, model. In the future, if cryptocurrencies grow and there may be some techniques um, to, to, to guarantee um, a backing one by one, then that could be very interesting. Yeah, there's, as you may know, there's today over 100 stable coins and the number keeps on growing every week. How do you see this space? Moving forward, uh, will there be mergers? Will there be collapses? How do you see the stablecoin space uh, in the near future? Well, it seems like that um, probably all of them had the same idea that, that I had um, in 2017. So they were evaluating, is it possible to do um, a legal stablecoin um, now that Tether seemed to have issues with their offshore approach? And... Um, that's why a lot of exchanges and entrepreneurs came to the same conclusion. Yes, it's possible and it's not that, that hard. Um, right now, I don't think there is many competitors to what NOLA is specifically doing because, as I said, 95% of the stable coins are issued on Ethereum. So um, their um, value and speed is, is, is almost, um, almost the same. So they fight for identical network effects. Um, I think there's one one stellar um, stablecoin which is um, similar to to Nola, but um, you still have to have some lumens, although very very little, in order to send them around. So it's it's not that easy to to set up a wallet and just start accepting it if you are um, someone who hasn't had any um, experience with crypto before. 
but um, definitely, I mean, the, the, the space is, is largely overhyped and um, 100 projects, um, that's that's a lot. I mean, there's, I think, 1,300 1, crypto projects in total on, on CoinMarketCap. Um, so um, it will be really interesting to see if there's actually some, some sort of adoption in this space or if it just fades away as, as sort of uh, a, a hype. But... Um, Luckily, what we can do is we can um, we can always run our stablecoin on a very very low cost structure, and um, for me, creating a fearless world, a more productive world um, with instant transactions, um, is is a very um, important mission, and um, I I it probably um, would do everything I can in order to to make it happen, no matter how big it will be in the end. When do you expect that the dollar will be um, out in exchanges? We will be listed on an exchange in a few days. And luckily, we have some partnership that there will be more assets um, listed to NOLA. So the idea is that any new project, any new um, listing will be listed towards NOLA for free um, in order to gain some more circulation. The issue is if you list it at some of the existing exchanges, they charge you a very large listing fee and usually you get like two, three or four pairings. So you get a BTC, ETH, um, maybe a Tether pairing. Um, and um, that limits you basically to these um, uh, basic um, basic currencies. But what you can do today, so you can already sign up, um, you can perform a KYC and AML check and you can already buy some Nola. And you can already start using it to pay your bills um, if the one issuing the bill is accepting it as a payment tool. So the, the, the product is live, it's available. Um, you can all create a wallet at my.nola.org. Um, um, just get in touch with me on Discord or a LinkedIn and I will happily send you some sense. And um, I think uh, the, the experience that really amazes me is um, just compare sending um, true USD from one wallet to the other and then compare um, sending Nola and um, that's why I believe in, in our approach. Is there something within our cover, Daniel, that you would like to tell our readers and listeners? Well, um, I think it's great what you're doing. I think um, I believe stable coins um, have um, a lot of potential and um, I don't hope it will happen, but what could happen is that um, Tether will collapse in the next days, weeks or months. There's already a $200 premium on Bitcoin, on, on Bitfinex. They already stopped US dollar deposits. There hasn't been any withdrawals for months or weeks. And um, Tether isn't redeemable. So no one ever has redeemed Tether. I don't know anyone. So it's um, once Tether collapses, I think a lot of exchanges uh, will have to integrate a new stablecoin. I think um, there's 100 stablecoins waiting for that chance. And that's probably the main reason why um, there has been so many new stablecoin competitors. And the, the equation everyone does is um, there's uh, Tether is the second largest trading volume, more than 2 billion in the 24-hour range. And um, once they are not around anymore, um, someone has to fill that gap. And I think if that happens, that will probably be good for some stablecoin competitors. But that will not be good for the industry in total because if Tether should really collapse, then the trust into cryptocurrency um, will go down even further and um, rightfully, in my view. Um, so uh, 
it's a very difficult thing. And I can't really say that I'm hoping for it or that I'm not hoping for it. Thank you very much, Daniel. And remember, if you're interested in learning more about the NOLAR, visit our website at nos.cash or follow them on Twitter at noscash. Or go to nola.org.